Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Christians to know how do we handle it when these things come up? Because um, I don't know if you've, you've been aware, but we live in a world that is overcome overcome by so many different things that plague our minds. And so there's a lot of things that are hitting our culture. And so us as Christians, we need to know, number one, how to handle it, how to be there for someone, how to create a space. And so we have a couch here. Um, and the whole thought behind this is, you know, when, when you come into my house, you know, I've said this before, but when you come into my house, I don't tell you to go find a wall to lean up against. You know, I don't, hey, come on in. Oh, there's plenty of walls around, so just lean up against one. You know, that's how, what we do here. You know, that'd be very uncomfortable, right? You'd be like, oh, God, this is awkward, you know? Um, but when you come in and I say, hey, sit down, take a load off, what do you do? You get comfortable, right? Because you're on my couch, you know, you're chilling. And so this is a space, it's a safe place. It's a place where you're comfortable to talk through things. So we're talking about, as a church, how do we create safe places to, number one, have conversations about it? But number two, bring freedom. Bring freedom. Bring mental health. You know, we all are on a different journey with our mental health, whether that things happen in our lives that have, have caused damage uh, to our minds, damage to our thoughts. And so we're all in a different space and, and all journeying through it to find out, you know, where we need to be in that place of healing and wholeness. How many want to live in a place of healing and wholeness in your life? Me too. Me too. I don't, I don't want to live my life depressed. I don't want to live in my life in, in constant fear or anxiety. Um, but the, the true reality is there's a lot of things that have either happened to us or some mindsets that we uh, have fallen into that, that cause us to suffer, cause us to get trapped almost in this space of um, battling to have, you know, that healthy mindset. I would encourage you too, if you missed week one and two, make sure you go back and catch up. Uh, week one was all about renewing the mind. And this is so crucial. Us as Christian followers, that there's a scripture that says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Can I tell you, um, don't just come in and talk the talk. All right, can I get an amen? amen. Don't come in and just talk the talk. Don't just raise your hands because everybody else is and you're like, oh, this is what we do here. And everybody says, praise the Lord, and I'm going to move my mountain, so I'm going to say that too. Please don't just come in and talk to talk. The Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds, to step into this renewal process. And so I broke that down in week one. I won't talk about it too much today, um, but make sure you go back and get that because that's crucial if you want to create a space of freedom for others that you yourself are transformed in God. Not, that you don't just come in here and say, okay, God, forgive me, and you feel good, and you have an emotional high, and then you go out, and you're the same person that you were before Jesus changed you. Like, that's not the goal. The goal is for true transformation, that when that, that pupil goes in that cocoon, when it comes out, that it's a beautiful butterfly, that the old self that you used to have is no longer, and now you soar so that you can teach others to soar. You get it? It's renewal amazing. So make sure you go back, check it out, okay? But today, I want to talk about, all about anxiety and fear. I want to talk about anxiety and fear. And this is one of the things that I feel like plagues our, our culture in a big way 
Um, you know, and, and it, is, it is something that we need to talk about because fear is very, very, very paralyzing. I don't know if you've ever been in a space where you get caught up in anxious thoughts or you're like, ah! you know, like, like a little afraid of what's coming and you're like, not sure. And so you, you're stepping into something, totally feeling tension, stress. Uh, can I get a witness in the room? Have you ever felt this? Okay. We, we all deal with this at some level. We all deal with anxiety and fear. It's a part of our society. And so, number one, we got to know, like, you know, why, why is it increasing, right? Why, why do we deal with it on such a huge level? Because I feel like it's, it's rising. It's on the rise in our culture. And a lot of it has to do, um, you know, with this thing we carry around with us. Uh, you know, it's like, my precious. Because we all have these, right? And I feel like even in society, um, we, we can even get addicted to these, you know, and I feel like we've almost break that point of being in addiction to our devices, right? Because this is, it teaches us, it teaches us how to compare ourselves to others. It teaches us what we need to have in our lives, what we don't have. It teaches us how to be connected, but disconnected. It teaches us a lot. It really does. And this isn't a sermon about social media and phones, by the way, just Preface you so you don't turn me off yet, okay? <laughs> like, oh, heard this sermon. This passage is like wound up. No, 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 that's, that's not what we're here today. Um, but I do think that a big thing that we need to like face on, just talk about and, and touch on as the church is that we cannot trade true community for false community that the world is offering today. We can't do it. And, and one of the biggest things in, uh, in our church that we always say is we do life together. Now, that's easier said than done, you know, because we talked last week about strings attached relationships and how sometimes in the church we can like throw out life-saving devices and be like, hey, hope you figure it out. You know, it's just this no strings attached, I'll pray for you. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. You're going through like the worst thing ever. You're, you're just hoping someone reaches out to you and the biggest reach out they give is like, hey, I'm going to pray for you. Oh, <sighs> glory, you know? Like, that's the last thing I want to hear when I'm in the depths of depression, when I'm in the depths of something that I feel like I'm suffocating. Last thing I want to hear you say is, I'll pray for you, brother. I'll cover you in my prayer time. Now, that's good. It's, it's good to pray. It's good, but we have to be a church that's doing life together. It's strings attached. It's, hey, give me your contact info. Hey, let's go out to dinner. Hey, let's go grab coffee. Hey, let's spend a couple hours and dive into why you feel that way. Right? It's making that next commitment. Uh, but as long as we you know, kind of settle into the space of like, you know, being so attached to something that's false, and, and we even feel like we're super connected you know, because I, I see your life. You know, I follow your story. I saw how many, you know, how many, um, how many things you went to this, this week and how many good meals you had and you know, what your cat did and what your dog did. And it was amazing, you know, all the funny things your kids say. I see it all. So I feel super connected. Um, but as long as we trade the, the true connection for false connection, we're always going to have that sense of um, disconnect that creates a space where we're not supposed to live. And in Christ, we're not supposed to live there. I want to set a foundation for today. Just in, uh, It comes out of Philippians chapter 4. And if you would, would you stand with me just in the honoring of God's word as we kind of set the stage of, of what we're going to be talking about today? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, if you're taking notes, I'm going to be reading out of an NIV translation. 
It says in verse six says, do not be anxious about anything. Yo, that's a big time statement. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God. Everybody say the peace of God. This is what I desire. This is what you desire. This is what the world desires, but maybe don't know how to say it or speak it. It's the peace of God which transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense. It's beyond the thing that we can comprehend as human beings. We can't, we can't comprehend it on this side of heaven. We'll only comprehend it when we're over there, but it's the peace that transcends all understanding. It's past what we can understand. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. We pray that today would be life transforming and that we would walk out of here different, God, that we'd be walking in boldness and in absolute courage, knowing that you are for us and your peace passes everything that we face. We know that you are the holder of the outcome. In your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Thanks for, thanks for reading God's word with me. I think one of the biggest um, kind of misunderstandings about fear today is that we focus on conquering fear. It's like, it's like you know, when you don't want to do something and like say, oh, oh, when my wife, she buys extra cannolis from Dolce Cafe. Have you ever been to Dolce Cafe? Here's a little plug for them, shameless plug. They're amazing. The best cannolis in Philly. So when she buys extra, she buys like two or three, they're in the fridge. Now, if I just say to myself, Elijah, you are not going to eat those cannolis. And I go to the fridge, and I open up that fridge, and I see them, and they're gorgeous. I mean, they're wrapped so well. They're filled overflowing with that heavenly cream. They're very creamy. And if I just open the door and I just stare at them and I say, Elijah, do not eat those cannolis. Don't eat them. Do not eat those cannolis. Elijah, do not eat those cannolis. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be, you know, if I'm like quoting scriptures over it even, what's going to happen? I'm going to eat the cannoli. Let me just give you a spoiler alert. I'm going to eat that cannoli. Why? Because I'm focused on it. And where we're focused is where our future lands. And sometimes we, when, we, when we talk about anxiety and fear, the first thing we think of is, okay, I'm going to overcome this fear. I am not going to be afraid. I am not going to be afraid of that. I'm not going to be anxious. Oh, here it comes. Okay, I'm going to my job. I'm going to do that new thing that I'm not trained in yet. Ooh, I'm feeling the anxious tension, but I, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be anxious. What happens? You're anxious. You're anxious even thinking about it, right? Because we're focused on it. And sometimes we focus on conquering fear instead of the antidote, okay? So today I want to talk about uh, the antidote and, and talk about what, what we need to do to really overcome this thing. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. There's three things there. We got prayer, we got petition, and we got thanksgiving, 
okay? So prayer and petition, they can kind of go together. We're praying to God, right? We're seeking him. We're in communication with him. And sometimes we talk about prayer as this like one-way dialogue, right? Where it's just like us to God and God I need or God can you or God will you. And we always, we, sometimes we can treat it like this, like this one-way you know, conversation. Um, but when he's talking about prayer, it's, David, it's the same word that David used when he, when he was talking through the Psalms, is that prayer is that relationship communication. It's the back and forth. It's me talk to you, you talk to me. And when we sit down, uh, you know, me and my wife, we just went on a date to the dandelion. We're sitting there, we're talking. And it'd be really strange if I were just like, Ashley, I just need to be quiet. I'm just gonna talk to you the entire time, okay? You just, you just listen to me, you know? And I just tell her, baby, I need love, baby. I need you to cook me a meal um, on Thursday night. I'm going to be home. I'd like it to be, you know, Mexican casserole because it's my favorite thing you make. Um, so if you could do that. Also, I'm feeling a little lonely. I need you to be there for me. And that would be a very awkward date, right? I, I wouldn't want to be on that date. And I'd, I'd feel awkward for Ashley. But that's sometimes how we treat God is this, this hey, God, I need. Hey, God, can you? Hey, God. And, and, and even in praise, we praise him, but, but we don't allow him to speak back to us. The first thing ever is like having that communication with God where you magnify the Lord and then you let him be who he is in your life. You bring him close by our praise because the Bible says he inhabits our praise. So when we praise him, we say, as soon as you say, praise you, God, or thank you, Jesus, that's it. That's all you need. And boom, rush in the backups there. God is in the midst. And when he's there, when the king comes in, he promises that everything in his kingdom works correctly when he's in the room. And so we just need him. But here's one of the biggest things that we, we don't realize is that what we magnify gets bigger. What we magnify gets bigger. When you magnify your problems, you know, when you start looking at the issues, start looking at the things you go through, what you magnify gets bigger in your life. It gets more strength. And so when we say, I'm not going to be anxious, I'm not going to fear, I'm not going to go down that road again, I'm not going to have a panic attack, I will not, I will not, I will not, and we, we end up magnifying the problem so much that it overcomes, it overpowers, and then we find ourselves anxious. We find ourselves in this space of saying, whoa, oh my word, it's overwhelming. And we find ourselves in that space of, of finding ourselves back in the place of fear. So when you... When you focus on defeating fear, number one, let's just kill that. We, we can't focus on defeating fear. We got to focus on what we should be doing instead, what overcomes fear, okay? Um, I remember back in the day, uh, I, I really dealt with this, and, and you guys can uh, come on out. We, I want to talk about fear today because it's something that really is huge. And I remember when I was younger, um, I had this time when I was, oh, how old was I, Melvin? You didn't even know me back then, but <laughs> I was about, I was back from college. So I was about 20, 21, and I had uh, night terrors. And uh, man, it was, it was paralyzing. About six months, I would have these, these uh, I don't even know what to call them. I would just, I would go into this, uh, this fear zone. I couldn't get myself out of it. I mean, it was six months of no sleep. I just wouldn't sleep because I'd be freaked out. I had my lights on in my room. You know, I heard everything. You know, you ever have those nights where it's like, oh, what was that? 
What was that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it sounds so silly when I say it out loud, but man, in the moment of, I was paralyzed, paralyzed. Every night, I'd be going into, you know, my parents' room, you know, dad, it's happening again. Like, all right, I'm here for you. Let me help you out. I know, I got you. Oh, the other one. Got to put this on correctly, you know, want to make sure. Not going anywhere. Um, yeah, it was, it was a... It was torture, man. It was every night for six months. I remember being in that space of thinking, wow, I cannot get out of this. Paralyzing. Have you ever felt that? Where your fear overcomes? Thank you. And sometimes you don't even do it to yourself. But it just happens. It's a situation that happens. It's a relationship that goes wrong. It's a failure that you've had prayer that didn't get answered, someone that you lose and you believe for that miracle. You find yourself stuck. You find yourself paralyzed. You find yourself not being able to take steps forward because every time you do, it just makes you want to vomit. It's so, so intense. And you can't explain it to anybody else, but you just know, I can't. I can't. And it's in that space where sometimes we magnify the problem, where when someone says, hey, you can find freedom in God, and we're like, shut your face. Have you ever felt that? Oh, you just need to believe more. You just need to press in more. If you just pray more, oh, you're going to find this, this freedom in God, and you're like, shut up. I mean, let's just be real. That's what I was saying. When I've told somebody about my night terrors, they're like, oh, you just need to believe more. Just need to have the peace of God. I'm like, oh, this sounds real cool. Sounds good. Good for you. But I'm looking at this. I'm saying, no, I don't think you understand where I'm at. I think, and sometimes this is what we do in trying to help others is we have this, this uh, mentality that if we just tell them the right things to say or give them the right um, scriptures to pray, um, that it's going to take away everything right? Just, oh, that's going to take away everything. It's going to take care of everything. So that, that's going to, but, but then they find themselves with all this material of saying, okay, all right, I need to say this. I need to read this. I need to do this. And then it's all just going to disappear. And then it doesn't. And they find themselves still stuck. I think this is how a lot of our society lives today in, in the place of fear, in a place of uh, not being able to take steps forward. And you have the people who overcome, you know, but no one knows how. It's like a secret. Like no one really knows how they, they got there. In Psalm chapter 34, verse 4, he says, listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress, and he answered me and freed me from all my fears. And that's one of those scriptures that, you know, someone gave me, said, hey, just pray this. Just really get in tune with this, and it's going to set you free. I was like, all right, let's go. God, I cry to you in my distress. Answer me. Free me from all my fears. And I found myself still paralyzed by fear. So I want to talk today, how do we take that next step to get out of fear, to overcome anxiety? 
overcome something. And, and by no means, you know, again, is this uh, one of those series where, you know, I, I'm, I'm telling people not to reach out to uh, counselors or therapy. In fact, we've, we've updated our app, our Change Church app, and actually has a resource page on it. So if you, if you find yourself needing that extra help and that boost, please reach out. We have some trusted people in this city um, that we'd love to connect you with. So by no means am I saying that, but, but sometimes just we know the answer. We know, we know what to say as Christians, right? We know that Jesus frees all. We know that he moves mountains. He's the miracle worker. We know that in his name, all things will bow. We know this. And so that's what we stand on. We're like, hey, just call out to God. You can find freedom. You can find peace. You can find all the boldness you need to overcome. But sometimes people are in a place where they feel so trapped, they can't cry out. They, can't, they, can't, they don't feel close to God. They don't feel close to Jesus. And it sounds good in theory. It sounds good in your world. But in my world, I'm trapped. In my world, I'm still stuck. And the things that seemed so easy before, you know, because I got a touch screen here, so. <laughs> have you ever done that where it, you have your phone and you like, have gloves on and you got to like use your nose? <laughs> People look at you like, you're crazy. Especially when you're wearing a straight jacket. Because our life is in his voice. Our life is in God's voice. I mean, when God spoke, the world was in existence. When he breathed into us, we came to life, right? So there's so much power in his voice. But what do you do when you can't find his voice? Woo, almost died there. What do you do when you can't find his voice? What do you do when you're talking with somebody and they can't hear him? They can't, they can't get close to him. The beautiful thing about this is that God has a peace that passes all understanding. Some of us say, you know, we have a life that no one understands or we have problems that are so beyond understanding. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's beyond us. And I mean, I've felt that in my life too. But the beautiful thing is when you have, when, when your problems don't make sense, his peace doesn't make sense. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? When your problems don't make sense and they're so beyond you, his peace it doesn't make sense and is so beyond you. Um, so here's some of the things I want to look at uh, Here's some of the things that we, uh, we, we do to ourselves sometimes to get ourselves in a place of fear and anxiety. So these are the, the number one things that we need to, to make sure we look at and hone in on in our own lives before we help somebody else. Um, but one of the biggest things, I guess, is words. And we talk about this all the time here, is that words give life or death, right? That's what the Bible says, that words give life or death. So we can speak life into someone's future, or we can speak death into it. We choose, but it's never neutral. It's always doing something to our future. It's always doing something to our life in Christ. And so our words are so crucial. So the way you talk to yourself, the way that you talk to someone else, the way that you speak to your self-talk has to be under control. Because sometimes we can self-inflict fear by the way that we talk. Because, you know, we say things like, it's just going to be one of those Mondays. It's Monday, you know, oh, it's going to be one of my Monday. Oh, it's going to be, you know, one of those days at work. You know, she's probably gonna whatever. And we already speak into existence what we're expecting. 
right? We prophesy over our own lives what's coming. Uh, number two is the approach. That kind of takes us into that, how we approach things, right? And sometimes our approach is just off. The way that we approach things are just, is just not in a way that um, we don't leave ourselves margin, right? And so we're always anxious and fearful because we don't leave enough space to plan ahead. I used to do this all the time before I married my wife, Ashley, is that I would just live on a whim and spontaneous and it was like, hey, I'll show up when I show up. And if it took me 10 minutes to get to the church, I'd leave nine minutes before, right? Because I, I can speed up and gain that minute, right? I didn't leave myself any contingent time. In college, I was the worst. I had a 10-page paper, waited to the night of, you know? I didn't write a thing. I'm like, okay, here we go. Red Bull Central, let's go. And I'm just writing all night. I, and, but I put myself in a, in a state of anxiety. I'm like freaking out. So much tension in my life because I'm like driving as fast as I can to get there on time because I know I'm going to be late and I'm going to write that paper. It's not going to be the best I can, but I'm just going to write it and make it happen. Sometimes our approach can create anxiety and fear in our lives. Uh, the, the third thing is the voice. The voice says that you allow in. Um, sometimes your biggest voice is going to be, you know, what we talked about with the social media and things trying to speak into your life. Some of you have uh, really negative inner circles and you need to look at that. We talked about that in the past. Your friends frame, frame your future. And so if you have an inner circle that's terribly negative and always complaining and always talking about how big problems are and, and what they got going on in their lives, hey, that's not bad to influence, but you gotta make sure that's not influencing you, right? You can influence it, but as soon as you see that it's influencing you, you need to watch out for your inner circle. You need to protect it with your life. The voices that speak into you are huge. And that's why we always talk about our morning routine. Right as you wake up, man, what's the first voice that speaks into your life? Is it scrolling on Instagram? Because I, I don't even need to say this, but your foundation is going to be so weak throughout your day because the, the, all the voices are shouting at you of what should be in that day instead of hearing his voice first. Um, expectations. This is a big one. This is a big one, especially if you're an achiever, right? If you do the Enneagram, if you're an achiever, you love to please. You love to do things, check off your list, you know? Make sure that you're the... Uh, I'm a seven, so I'm an enthusiast, so I, I love life. I'm optimistic about everything, you know? But that can be my biggest downfall, too, because I don't really look at things uh, right. So it's expectations we put on ourselves, you know, these, these high expectations to say, oh, I got to do everything right, got to do everything ready, instead of realizing that we're all on a journey and we're all in different spaces. You can drive yourself nuts um, scrolling through your friends' feeds and seeing all their highlights and see the amazing things they're accomplishing, right? The amazing success stories. You're like, why isn't that happening to me? Hey, you're on a journey. You're in a season. And you might be in winter and they're in summer. Hey, that's just the way it is. Guess what? Springtime's coming, right? New things are growing in you. And sometimes we don't, we don't um, stop and realize God's doing something in this season that's for my good. And it's, it's for this reason that I'm gonna be able to handle what's coming next. Uh, me and my wife were just talking about that because this was a really heavy season. So a season that stretched and pushed and, man, pulled all of the, the things that we didn't even know could be pulled. You know, we're like, wow, this is crazy. What we talked about, we're like, hey, this is a stretching season. Like God is forming something in us, a strength, uh, uh, an ability to handle what must be coming next. So we got to look at it like that. Like, God, what are you doing in this season? And take the expectations off. Um, the last thing is hidden sin. This is huge. And in the church, I feel like it's so prevalent because the more disconnected we become, the more easy it is to isolate ourselves and isolate our sin. 
And nothing, you know, there's nothing that the devil wants more than for you to be hidden in your sin. Because as long as it stays in the dark is the, the more empowerment that it gets over your life, right? And then you get that fear of like, will anybody find out? Will anybody know? How, you know, what, what if it comes out, you know, and everybody thinks I'm this like spiritual giant and man, I got a, like a closet full of stuff that nobody knows. And a lot of times you see it come out, you know, when people, they hit their breaking point, you know? And so that's a big, big thing that brings to light all things. Jesus said, if, if you, you know, make me known in public, you know, I'll make you known before my father. You know, and that's one of those things that in this world, it doesn't mean as much as the world that's coming, right? This is just temporary. But where we're headed is for eternal. It's for eternity. And so... Um, just knowing that and that there's a safe place in community. Can I talk to you too? If you're sitting there and you're like, hey man, I have some things in my closet that, man, if anybody knew, they would judge the living daylights out of me. Hey, try me, okay? Look around. This is a great space to be true and free because we're all on the journey, right? We're all there. So find a life-giving circle that can speak into that. Um, There's things you can't control, all right, and this is, I, I want to free a, a lot of us in this room because there's things you can't control, and that's God's job, okay? You can't control what's coming tomorrow. You can't control, you know, things that are happening to you or things that happen in your season. You can't control that. That's God's, God's work. There are some things that you can control, and those are the things that you can step into confidently knowing that if you do this, this will be your outcome, right? There's some principles in place that if you step into it, um, you know that confident in that God will be your space. All right, I'm gonna look at Psalm chapter 91, verse one. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I love this scripture. Verse two says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plagues that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your right, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Uh, there's a safe place in the shadow of the Most High. This is a place of refuge. It's the place we all want to be. In fact, it's, it's one of those safe, comfortable places where we can dream, we can be ourselves, we can take a load off, and just know that God is God. And sometimes we feel this on a Sunday morning. You know, you come in, and the presence of God is so here, and so you're just diving into worship. You feel good, and you get, you know, there's an, a good word. And it's like, oh, man, that scripture just spoke to me. That's so good. And you feel a little bit of like, wow, maybe God is on the throne. Maybe he does reign. Maybe all the worries that I've had uh, don't mean anything. It's that, that shadow of the most high. It's that refuge. You feel it for a minute. And then we face real life. We go back into real life, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow. 
wow, Monday, hey, how you doing? You know, oh, real life, it's here again. And so we, we find ourselves paralyzed because we can't stay in the shadow of the Most High. We only find him in certain encounters. And, you know, that's, I feel like it's, it's one of the biggest things that plague uh, Christianity is because you feel these moments and you want them again. It's emotional high, but you don't know how to stay steady in it. That steadfast, that, that staying in the shadow, that looking for the shadow and staying in the presence of the Almighty, the refuge of who he is. But it's hard. It's hard to stay there. Um, so I want to look at one more scripture here because one of the biggest things to overcome fear is found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. This is so good. Write this down. I'm going to read out of the, the Passions translation, but any translation is a good translation. But it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, we have come into an intimate experience with God's love. This isn't what we feel on a Sunday. This is what you feel when you have that good God time where you're like, oh, my word, you're bawling, crying. You got to pull over the car because you're just getting your praise on. You know what I mean? Have you ever been there? Other times I got to pull over the car because like, I need to get into my praise. Uh, and, yeah, and I always think about what the other people think. I never think about that, actually. <laughs> I should think more about that. Um, when I start beating on that, that steering wheel, you know, I'm like, yeah, God, get it, get it. I've been listening to uh, Your Great Name, what we did last week. Oh, man, I've been playing that on repeat. Like, Spotify's plays have gone way up because of me, okay? And I'm just in the moment. But that, that, that's the moment is when you have that intimate experience with God's love, right? It's that encounter. It's the goosebump feeling. Have you ever had the goosebump feeling? We always say, we always go off goosebumps, right? We learned that from Katie, but we, we, we go off goosebumps, right? We're like, oh, goosebump feeling. Oh, this is good. This is a good idea. We need to go with this. And sometimes we have that in Christianity. It's like, we'll have a good moment or we'll read a scripture, it'll jump off the page or we'll have a good experience on a Sunday. And so we'll be like, ah, I feel God. Or you watch a movie that's phenomenal. Have you ever watched Spider-Man Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse? Oh my word, good movie. So at the end, you're like, oh, my word, or seven pounds with Will Smith. Come on, people. And you get at the end, you're like crying. You're like, oh, my word, this isn't even a Christian movie, but I feel so close to you, God. I'm always inspired after movies. I'm like, I'd please, let's not watch a movie, you know, pushing the 12 o'clock hour because I'm going to be up all night. So I'm just like, oh, praise you, God. I'm so inspired to dream, and you're so good. Heaven's here. Hallelujah. And it's like, I just watched seven pounds. You know what I mean? But it's like that encounter, that intimate experience with God's Amen. love. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. And so he says, we have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Everybody say, God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God, and God lives through them. That's a huge word. We got to know it, okay, because that's vital in this message. That's vital in what he's saying here. God lives what? Through them. Through us. So God is love, and it's in that intimate experience with God's love that we find true freedom, and God is in us, and we, you know, we have God inside of us, and we are living in love. That way, we're living in God, right? It's all parallel, and God lives through us. By living in God, love has been brought to its 
full expression in us. I love this thought because when we truly love, we truly come alive in who God is. When we don't love, we haven't truly experienced who God is and people around us can't experience who God is. That's why you find so many hurt people because today, you know, there isn't a lot of people who have truly experienced God's love. They aren't living in the way of expressing God's love. Love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment. And check this out. In verse 18, it says, love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. But love's perfection, everybody say perfection. Love's perfection. Perfect love. Not the love that's like, baby, I love you. And man, I love these shoes. I love you guys so much. And man, I love these pants as well. I love God with all my heart. And man, I love Dolce Cafe Nutella lattes. Not that kind of love. It's the perfect love. It's love and perfection, the unconditional love that comes from the Father and only through him. When we're perfect in love, look what happens. But love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. Amen. Love drives out all fear. Perfect love drives out fear. And so when we know this, that God is love, and when we work in his love, that we are his instruments to show people how his love feels. And when we're in perfection in that, love, that perfect love, drives out all fear. I'm losing my mic. I'm going to need somebody to come out before it falls all the way to the ground. I feel it flopping back there, kind of awkward. But I feel, you know, I'm just kind of in a state of anxiety and fear right now, and I can't move, okay? Not yet. I'm almost there. But see what happens when, when someone loves you in perfection? Because it takes someone else to come into your life sometimes and say, you know what? Let me help you with that. Let me show you how to do it. Let me show you what love looks like. Thank you. Thank you. And something you couldn't do on your own because I couldn't get out of myself. I couldn't fix my mic on my own. But because of you, I could. And that's what, that's what community does. That's what perfect love looks like. It's us gathering around saying, hey, let me show you what love feels like. I know you can't feel God right now. I know none of the scriptures are coming alive to you. I know you can't feel his presence. In fact, he is dead according to your feelings. According to your emotions, you're so caught up in anxiety and fear, you cannot take that next step to dream. But it says, love's perfection drives the fear far from the heart. Because fear is always connected to punishment, isn't it? Why are we afraid of things? Because we're afraid of the punishment. We're afraid if we mess up, what will happen? And if we do something that we fail at, what will happen? We're afraid. 
but we got to go back because that was really good. But he talks about perfect love. Actually, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, at 16 and 18, we thank you, thank you, thank you, John, for that, that word that says perfect love casts out. But how do we do perfect love? And this is what we need to know as a body, as, as a family, as a change family. I want to help us today. How do we do perfect love? Perfect love. In verse 12, he says, no one has ever seen God. Have you seen him? I haven't seen him. Not yet. I'm going to. When we get up to heaven, I can't wait. I'm going to run and be like, Papa, Father, Daddy, all the words. You it. I can't wait to see him. But he says, no one has ever seen God. But, oh, this is so good. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Love conquers all fear, but it comes out when we love each other. And that's why this society of being so caught up and thinking that we're connected does not work. It cannot be the way we live life. And us as a changed family, we have to put it down. We have to connect. We have to dive in. It's that, it's that strings attached again. It's creating a space where we say, come sit on my couch. Let me love you to completion. Instead of focusing on, you're not going to fear. You are not going to fear. You are, I'm afraid. Instead of focusing on where you don't want to go, you focus on relationship. You focus on loving. You focus on giving. You focus on serving. You focus outside. Because you know the, the letter that's in the middle of anxiety? You know what it is? I. It's I. And a lot of times, fear can come all the way back down to just us being focused on ourselves. That's right. That's right. What, if, what if I? You know, we come to God, God, I'm not enough. Yeah, you're right. You're not. And what if I fail? You probably will on your own. You will. As long as it's focused on you. But he says, my love is made complete when you love one another. When you get your eyes off yourself, you start focused on how can I serve? How can I give? How can I wash someone's feet? How can I lay down the red carpet for someone to find God? How do I get my eyes off myself and serve others? Amen. Amen. One of the biggest freeing things for me when I was in that moment of anxiety and I had those moments at night where I was just, oh, I was overcome, overcome by fear. Uh, my dad is a huge man of prayer and he would get up Nice with me. And come into my room and just pray with me. And it was in those moments where we just sat and we just prayed. And he loved me complete. Amen. And it was in that perfect love that fear started to dissipate. Amen. All of a sudden, I was like, you know what? Devil. <laughs> fear. What I did is I got up. I said, all right. I said, enough fear. I'm going to sleep with the lights out. In fact, I'm going I'm I'm to make myself a, a list of scriptures. But if you would have told me that before those moments, 
<laughs> I think you're crazy. You don't understand what's in my room. <laughs> you don't understand the, th- the things I'm hearing, right? And that's what we say to people like, hey, you don't understand my situation. My season's huge. It's heavy. You don't understand what I'm dealing with, my past, what's happened to me, how I'm scarred. You don't understand. And I know I don't. I don't get it. No one does but you. But it's in a moment when someone steps into your life, loves you in complete love, no strings attached. Say, hey, brother, I'm going to love you. I'm going to walk this with you. I don't know the answer. I don't know how to speak to it. All I can do is love you. Say, all right, let's do this together. Let's face it. Whatever it is together, let's, let's sit. Let's sit. Let's pray. Let's talk. Let's, let's dive in. You need a process. You need a vent. All right, here I am. You know, call me up. Let's do this thing. And when love is perfect, God is in us. And we all know the shadow of the most high casts out all fear. Because if we can get people to know God, if we get people to know Jesus, they'll experience true freedom. It's just the way it is. And then this becomes something that does not bind us but it is something that we use as our testimony of where we've been and what no longer holds us down. See, when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, the cross was no longer a symbol of what held him. Now it was a symbol of what he overcame. This is what I believe for your life, that some of you feel so paralyzed by your fear today. Anxiety has driven your dreaming and your life up to this point and you feel so bound but today let me show you perfect love let me show you God and his his amazing redemption but after today after you start those relationships with people to have that complete love this will only be a story of where you came from it'll only be a testimony of what you've overcome because you are going to use it to set others free Say, look what used to bind me. And when Jesus did that, he said, hey, listen, I not only died, but I rose again. And that means I overcame the grave. And that means the biggest thing that plagues humanity, I overcame, which means I overcame everything. There's nothing you need to fear. And so Christ in us, we live free in him with his love complete in us so we can drop the fear. Pick it up every once in a while, show everybody else, hey, this is what I overcame. But it no longer holds us back from what God wants to do in us. Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.